There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. How U.S. Pressured, Fooled PH into Leaving Scarborough in 2012. Second of two parts. From the Aquino III and the Marcos Jr.'s official viewpoint, we lost to China in 2012 that part of our sovereign territory we call Bajo de Massenloc. Huang Yan Dao to the Chinese, just 330 kilometers to Zambales shores. On the other hand, the Chinese see it as part of their sovereign territory in that area it calls Dongsha, internationally called the Macclesfield Bank. For the Chinese, the Philippines broke an agreement to set the dispute aside, and just let their citizens fish in the area when it arrested Chinese fishermen there on April 10, 2012 and even sent the Navy's largest warship there to help in the apprehensions. This however technically militarized the dispute, an unequivocal challenge to China's sovereignty. While Aquino III quickly recognized his blunder and ordered his warship out, smaller government and private vessels from both countries swarmed the area. Each side refused to leave the area as this would mean giving up their claims of sovereignty. This standoff lasted for 10 weeks, which risked an armed conflict between vessels from each, which could have dragged China and US into war. The Aquino III government in the last week of June withdrew its vessels, in effect abandoning Scarborough, with China since then tightening its hold over the shoal that it has listed now, even by a U.S. think tanks on the South China Sea disputes as among the features there that the Chinese control. The recent events involving China installing a floating barrier in part of the shoal, purportedly to stop our Coast Guard ships from entering the area, and with the Philippine Coast Guard, PCG, allegedly removing it successfully reflects both nations' insistence on their sovereignty claims on the shoal. Why and how China tightened on the shoal is described in the book Seeing the World by Fu Ying, one of China's top diplomats who oversaw her country's management of the crisis. The first part of this account was reproduced in my column last Wednesday. Following is the concluding part, with several sentences deleted, however, for brevity. Fu Ying's account. In Beijing, we were very concerned about the situation, when the standoff emerged. We were worried that should our fishermen be harassed again, confrontations may break out, putting the fishermen's safety at risk. To prevent such a grim prospect, the Chinese side urged through diplomatic channels that the Philippines withdraw its armed ships out of the lagoon, but these requests were ignored. The Philippine DFA also refused any request for dialogue from the Chinese embassy in Manila, a practice rarely seen in peacetime. This difficult situation continued for over two weeks, and by the end of May, China decided to send its own smaller law enforcement patrol boats into the lagoon, and reinforce the guarding ships outside the lagoon. The smaller Chinese law enforcement boats helped calm down the situation in the lagoon by protecting the fishing boats against the armed Philippine Coast Guard ships. Blatantly. So, why would the Philippine Navy blatantly provoke China at Huangyan Dao and take such extreme actions against the Chinese fishermen? And, why would it want to challenge China in such a way? This abnormal behavior was all but incomprehensible, yet one could not help but wonder, what kind of driving force was behind the Philippine behavior? It was an ally of the U.S. and had been a critical pillar for U.S. military activities in Southeast Asia. Against the backdrop of the U.S. pivot in Asia-Pacific rebalancing strategy, the growing American interest in the South China Sea had probably stimulated and encouraged the Philippines. After the Huangyan Dao incident broke out, President Aquino III, Foreign Minister Del Rosario and others claimed on multiple occasions that according to the U.S.-Philippine Mutual Defense Treaty, the U.S. would help the Philippines when it was threatened by external armed attack.
Indeed, the U.S. is obligated to provide support to its ally caught in confrontations, under the 1951 U.S.-Philippines Mutual Defense Treaty. However, from the political point of view, the U.S., as a seasoned global power, would not allow itself to be dragged into conflicts that are not in its own interest. Conflicting. The U.S. was hence caught between conflicting considerations on the Huang Yandao issue. On the one hand, the U.S. was worried that too much support for the Philippines would inflame its reckless behavior. On the other, it was concerned that if the Philippines backed off completely under China's pressure, America's image and standing would be undermined, and China's perceived increasing strength would be seen in the U.S. as a weakening of its own. The U.S., therefore, tried to maintain a delicate balance. It reaffirmed the effectiveness of the U.S.-Philippine Mutual Defense Treaty on diplomatic occasions, and also strengthened diplomatic and military interactions with the Philippines. However, senior U.S. officials also indicated that the U.S. did not take any positions on issues of dispute, and had no intention of getting involved in the Scarborough Shoal issue. On many occasions, I gave a detailed account of the whole story and clarified China's positions, emphasizing that the greatest need was for the Philippines to withdraw its boats from the Huangyan Dao Lagoon and allow the fishermen to operate in a peaceful environment. From May 30th to June 2nd, I met with Assistant State Secretary Kurt Campbell. He was visibly upset and made a long statement, mainly on behalf of the Philippines, complaining about China's hard-handedness. He was particularly angry about the Chinese fishermen blocking the entrance to the lagoon with ropes to prevent the Philippine boats from entering. He expressed concern about the possibility of conflicts and hoped to find a way to ease the standoff. U.S. role. After hearing him out, I patiently asked him a question that had troubled me for quite a while, why did the Philippines so boldly provoke China by harassing the fishermen in the first place? I asked Campbell, what role did the U.S. play in the Huang Yandao incident? I also added, of course, if you are not in a position to answer, I absolutely understand. But if you are, please tell me the truth. Campbell and I go way back, and we both like to be straightforward, so I knew he would not feel offended by my bluntness. He responded in a similar manner, I can tell you for sure that the US has no involvement whatsoever in the incident. His answer was very important, as we needed to know the American role when trying to accurately assess the incident. Campbell and the other American officials who accompanied him listened carefully to my account of the chain of events and our analysis of the current situation. I stressed that the Philippines needed to withdraw its boats from the lagoon in order to prevent conflict and de-escalate the situation. I said, given that it was the Filipinos who violated the existing agreement and provoked China first, China cannot trust them anymore. We will continue to maintain the law enforcement guard over Huang Yandao, and will by no means tolerate any kind of further provocation. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Acted first. Presented with hard evidence, Campbell admitted that it was the Philippines that had acted first. But he also urged China, as the bigger power, not to overreact. 
Campbell was very concerned about how to ease the situation as soon as possible, not least because on June 8, the Philippine President Benigno Aquino III would be arriving in Washington, D.C., Idols Mine, RDT. The U.S. obviously did not want his visit to be overshadowed by the standoff between the Philippines and China, so presumably would like to see the problem solved before then. Campbell agreed with me that the Philippine government boats should leave the lagoon, and hope that China would do the same, which would be a reasonable way out. I said that I did not have the authorization to promise anything, but as the Chinese law enforcement boats went into the lagoon to protect the Chinese fishermen from the armed Philippine boats, if the Philippines did withdraw, I thought, there would be no need for the Chinese law enforcement boats to stay in the lagoon. Campbell told me that the US was going to explicitly request the Philippines to handle the issue with great caution, and express the hope that China would withdraw its law enforcement boats once the Philippine boats leave. Campbell and the Philippine Foreign Secretary Del Rosario were good friends, and he managed to persuade Del Rosario to quickly remove their boats from the lagoon. While traveling to the airport to return to China on June 3, Campbell rang to inform me that the Philippine boats had already left the lagoon and he urged that the Chinese boats should do the same. On arriving back in Beijing, I learned that relevant departments in China had already started to assess the situation in the lagoon, and had confirmed that the armed Philippine boats had left. Instructions had therefore been sent for the Chinese law enforcement boats to start leaving the lagoon. In the Philippines, the DFA publicly confirmed that the government boats from both sides had withdrawn from the Huangyan Dao Lagoon by June 5. Moratorium. As the fishing season in the South China Sea came to an end, a fishing moratorium was imposed and the Chinese fishing boats also gradually left Huangyan Dao Lagoon. China's policy of imposing fishing moratorium in the South China Sea started in 1999 as the fishing intensity in the South China Sea had exceeded the replenishing capacity of the resources, leading to a serious decline of fishery resources, including major commercial fish stocks. Starting from May 1 until August 16, the waters north of latitude 12 degrees north in the South China Sea, which included the waters around Scarborough Shoal, RDT, are closed to fishing. During the fishing moratorium, all fishing vessels are to remain in their ports. Following the standoff, China kept only one or two law enforcement ships in the waters around Huangyan Dao, and the situation finally calmed down. At the height of the tensions caused by the Huangyan Dao standoff, trade and tourism between China and the Philippines were heavily affected. Fruit imported from the Philippines was slow to sell in the Chinese markets, and Chinese customs stepped up quarantine requirements. Chinese tourists also started to cancel their travel reservations to the Philippines, resulting in travel agencies having to switch destinations for tourists. On May 10, 2012, Aquino sent his friends Antonio F. Trillanes IV and Li Yongyan, who is ethnic Chinese, as special envoys to visit China, in the hope of turning a page and putting bilateral relations back on track. This gave us an opportunity to present them with a comprehensive account of Huang Yandao's history as a part of China and our views on the dispute. I briefed the special envoys on the anger that the incident had aroused among the Chinese public and its impact on bilateral relations. Their visit eased to some extent the tensions between the two sides. Not one. However, the Philippine government was not of one voice. The Philippine Foreign Secretary Del Rosario soon started to spin the story. He claimed that China had persuaded the U.S. to put pressure on the Philippines to withdraw, and it had now occupied the Huangyan Dao. Clearly, Del Rosario was trying to create controversy, and to challenge the right of the Chinese surveillance ships to remain in the area to watch over Huangyan Dao. As we later discovered, he was already preparing to bring the matter to international arbitration. Del Rosario's key working assumption was that the Philippines had been in rightful possession of Huang Yandao, which was now lost to China. In fact, the Philippines had started to fabricate new evidence to support its sovereignty claims over Huang Yandao. It claimed, 
The Philippines has exercised both effective occupation and effective jurisdiction over Huangyan Dao since its independence. In this context, the Chinese became more and more concerned that the Philippines might try to take Huangyan Dao through actual control. China, therefore, is more determined to prevent further complication by strengthening its law enforcement guard in Huangyan Dao waters by the State Oceanic Administration. The U.S. believed Del Rosario's story and was sympathetic to the Philippines. Campbell once said to me, You've successfully manipulated us. This misunderstanding was also reflected in the widely held belief in the U.S. and the Philippines that China was the dishonest party that failed to meet its commitment of reciprocal withdrawal and had exploited the situation to occupy Huangyan Dao. This version of the Huangyan Dao incident is deliberate spin. However, it would be dangerous if the Philippines and U.S. governments based their decisions on this disinformation and misperception. Account. While Fu's account of course could be biased since after all she is not just Chinese but a top diplomat of her country, her narrative has not been contested even by Campbell. Even in his 2016 book, The Pivot, The Future of American Statecraft in Asia, his only mention of that episode was a single sentence. The Philippines' 10-week standoff with China ultimately resulted in its loss of the Scarborough Shoal, which is claimed by both countries. Former Senator Trillane's written aid memoir on the standoff basically agrees with Fu Ying's account. Only Del Rosario and our ambassador to the U.S. at that time, Jose Quija, had claimed there was an agreement that China had reneged on, claiming duplicitous Angmaga and Sikh, which adds to the demonization of China. But to this day, the fiction that the Chinese violated an agreement for a simultaneous withdrawal is viewed as fact. Another proof of the power of America's propaganda apparatus. Facebook, Rigoberto Taglao. X, at Taglao. Archives, www.rigobertotiglao.com. Book orders, www.rigobertotiglao.com shop. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.